Hey guys, uh, welcome to the show. Uh, this week we're doing something a little different. Crocious couldn't make it. Uh, so I'm doing like a crossover with the other podcast I do with my buddy Kevin Hogan. Uh, no comic books came out this week or the week before, so we just kind of shat, shat the shot or however we s- it says, you know, did something with the sheriff. I don't know. We, we did a good podcast, though. Uh, so I'm releasing it as an episode of this show as well. Um, uh, yeah. And then uh, nothing more. Kevin Hogan, if you want to, uh, his social media is at khogs underscore 1983. Confusing, but that's what it is. So follow him. And then I am at Keith Pazel, K-E-I-T-H-P-A-E-S-E-L on everything. Uh, yeah, and that's it. That's all. That's all the, the intro you need. Here is the episode. Yeah, I'm recording now. Okay. I just had like a two second delay. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's weird. So, um, so we're doing. We're I actually doing track. it. We had ten minutes of a good one. I just want to recap what, <sighs> real quick recap of everything the listeners are not going to be able to hear about. We ran down about twenty good Yogi Berra quotes because your grandpa. We did. They were pretty good. Because we started talking about grandpas and about My how grandfather used to play uh, dominoes with Yogi Berra. Yeah. You talked about how you loved yours and how mine was, you know. I did love my grandpa. Yeah. I loved mine, too. Um, and then through that, we got into uh, other stuff. But it was good. That's good. We, uh, we don't need to talk about the other stuff. Yeah. Well, because it was, you know, we were slinging slurs. We, well, we're we were also moves. we were also we were slinging slurs. We were also talking about like what we we're gonna do with our stimulus money. Oh yeah, we were talking about the stock market, like people, like you know, well-informed people. Yeah, the you, when you're looking for to- stock tips, listen to Journey into Nerdery. But dude, put that in a savings account. No, but, dude, I'm putting it into the stock market. I can make more money in the stock market. What are you gonna do? So yeah, you're gonna. Crocious uh, did that. I'll do a, I'll do a couple of mutual funds and then maybe buy some shares in McDonald's because McDonald's is going to be releasing. It's your you company s- man. Uh, the vegan, uh, <laughs> Beyond <laughs> Burger. You be like, I'm going to invest in McDonald's because they're bringing the McRib back and yeah. stocks go through the you roof. You gotta. They're going to go through the roof. No, you gotta. You gotta, I, I'm, I'm. They're going to be bringing out. Where are you, Kevin? The, Mc, the McRib brings confidence. <laughs> in the That's this week's title. There we go. It really does, man. Have you ever it's had a, a good McRib? sandwich? Yeah, I like McRib so much that I get the Seven Eleven version, which is never out of season. By the way, you go tell your big big wig bosses that that Seven Eleven is always slinging them rib sandwiches. <clears throat> they obviously don't call it the McRib; it's just a rib, a barbecue rib sandwich. But it's the McRib. Yeah, but it's not the McRib. It's not. The bread's a little tough because they put it in those weird fucking convection microwaves that blow 80 mile an hour heat at it it's the stand inside that oven 
It's the stand. Um, yeah, man. I, I McDonald's is gonna sooner or later release like an Impossible or Beyond burger, and when they do, like the stock's they could have got up. the. It's gonna be Beyond or because they could have done the Impossible or Beyond, whichever one is currently out. McDonald's turned down like idiots. Well, McDonald's could also be developing their own proprietary version. There you go. They should just do it and not tell people and stop murdering fields worth of cows. I'm not against whacking off a cow or two for a burger because I love it. But, like, if you just did it and didn't tell people it wasn't meat, they would never know. So, like, with, spe- with fast food specifically. Because mm. th- those Impossible Whoppers taste just like Whoppers. Never. I'm I'm a company man. I've never been to a Burger King. Yeah, but you've always worked for McDonald's. I also never go to Burger King. Dude, Burger King is fire. You can Burger also... King's garbage. No, it's really good. Burger King. Did really they good. did they do a turnaround? I remember I've been I went to a Burger King six years ago. I was like, this food is awful. Well, because here's why I like Burger King. Number one, it's a flame broiled burger, so you taste that grill in it. Now it's also filled with chemicals, but. Uh, also, uh, their nuggets used to be bigger. They're not anymore because McDonald's has those big ass fucking tenders now. <clears throat> yeah. Or, but and that's the thing too is Burger King had tenders. McDonald's has nuggets, dude. Tenders were the long boys. Tenders and always beat a nugget. Burger King Kids Club over Happy Meals all fucking day. Oh, I disagree, man. Happy Meals all over. Bur- dude, I'm, Burger I'm King a Happy Kids Meal Club, stan. Burger King Kids Club was a toy and you got Ninja Turtle VHSs sent to you. I got Chick McNuggets dressed up as firefighters. Get the fuck out of here with that, dude. Burger King Kids Club all day. They had a whole cast of characters. I had figurines of all of them. Their fries Did you have are wheels? Now. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah, I had wheels. Dude, the, the what big... about shades? Are you just naming characters? What about jacket? Let's go jacket. <laughs> <laughs> what about air, um, what about Airwalk sneakers? Let me look up the. Burger I never King liked Kids Burger Club. King, man. Like I went to a Burger King once as a child, and I shit my pants. And it was during a birthday party, and I could never go to Burger King ever again. But yeah, that always it took me. You. It took me twenty years to eat mustard again. Also, and I am not. This is not hyperbolic. Burger King's breakfast is superior to everything in the land, except for maybe the odd thing like like breakfast at Whataburger or something like that. No, man. Hardee's. Hardee's is the best breakfast. Hardee's is Burger King, though. It's the same fucking food. It's, all, it's flame broiled. Hardee's tastes exactly like Burger King. Although I want to try Wendy's. See, Wendy's is... How do you, have you not fucked with Wendy's either? What are you doing? Dude, there's no Wendy's by me. Yeah, there's not a lot of Wendy's in Chicago, is there? Yeah, I can't, and I don't want to pay the extra money to get it postmated. It's it's like four, it's like thirty Dude, bucks for me to get a couple sandwiches. I can't just get a sandwich. You need I to have pop to buy that, enough stuff to justify it. You need to pop that mask on and go ride. Pop and get that mask on and fucking Wendy's. Go get yourself a triple, a Dave's triple cheeseburger, I'm or a Baconator, or a ba- Wendy's doesn't have breakfast. Wendy's does have breakfast. It just started. Oh yeah, they have little waffle sammies and stuff, right? Yeah, dude. Taco Bell does their breakfast is fire. Taco yo. Bell's breakfast isn't bad either. I haven't ever there's there I dude, there's no Taco Bells north of like Belmont and Sheffield. I always forget you're in fucking Lincoln Square with all with all the moms. I am. There's just no Taco Bell up here, man. It's all little I think the closest Taco Bell to me is in like Evanston. 
See, that's maybe the, Rogers that's Park. the give and take about neighborhoods like that is like there's no Wendy's, but you can get like homemade poach keys and shit like that. <laughs> yeah, I can definitely get a punch key. Which is good, but like you're not gonna want that every day. Sometimes you uh, sometimes I you want a goddamn seven eleven donut. Sometimes I want a fucking Popeyes. Dude, sometimes I want a Stan's donut and I'm too far from Stan's to get a donut. Hold on. Now uh, I'm looking up Stan's. Oh, Stan's donuts good, but it's you gotta go do right if you're going donuts. I can't do right doesn't deliver this far north. That's fucking wild. It's fucking nuts. Also, whenever I say stands, I always think it's Stan Makita's. Large. <clears throat> we just ordered. We're postmating Burger King now because of this conversation. Wow. That's how good it is. Stan Makita. Stan's is closed, by the way. Forever. Stan's Donuts? Like they went out of business? They went out of business this week. Really? Stan's is open right now. Yeah, but they might not have updated their Google. Google the fucking story. Don't just look at their store hours and trust. You're never right, Kevin. Just <laughs> Stan's Donuts. Whoa. Oh, no, that's you. That's in L.A. Westwood legend Stan's Donuts in L.A. That's in Westwood. just in L.A. It's not just in L.A. Unless the one in Chicago is a franchise. Chicago's different. Uh, they just use the name. Chicago's different. He says they just use the name. They use the recipe too. Yeah, they're uh, yeah, they're kind of different. They're a different beast. Look up. Did it just say it's just the ones in L.A.? Hold up. Hold uh, up. L.A.'s. Hey. Here we go. Eater L.A. Two days ago. L.A.'s classic stands donuts is closed forever after 55 years of business. Nothing about Chicago. Yeah, it's just the L.A. one. Yeah, L.A. had a second stands. <clears throat> L.A. See, L.A. had the first stands, bitch. L.A. L.A. Donuts. You talking about L.A.? If you're talking donuts, dude. Are you talking Jones? I, dude, I was laughing at. Uh, we went to work. Uh, we had a work meeting, and whenever we had work meetings, uh, they would buy a bunch of donuts. And they got Windchills donuts, which out here, I don't know if you fucked with Windchills ever when you were out I here. I have not, but I've heard about Windchills They're donuts. everywhere. It's like fast food donuts. But I remember my boss was like, now that's the shit I grew up on. And I was just like, that's literally the most generic donut. Like he was saying it like it was that neighborhood shit. Like that's my shit right there. Huh, Keith, I'm going to see if I can get Stan's Donuts delivered to my fat fucking face. Probably. You know what you guys have out there in Plentiful that we only have one of? And it's in West Hollywood, not far from us or not close to us is fucking... uh, the cookie place. What's the fucking cookie place? Insomnia. Oh, insomnia? Yeah. Yeah. That's an Indiana thing. There's one out here. What's up? And it's in West Hollywood, and they do not deliver out of the West Hollywood area. Keith, what is one thing that you that you are like, man, I really want that, and it won't get delivered to you because it's too far? Probably a lot of shit. I mean, there's a Geno's East in Burbank that I'm sure won't come over the hill. They just opened up. They were fucking ballsy. They opened up during the pandemic. Oh, Keith. Yo. Keith. Yo. I can def- I can get Stan's Donuts delivered to what me. What are you going to get? Oh, man. I'm going to get all the fat fuck donuts. <laughs> That's dope. I, I just got the original chicken sandwich. 
I might get some fucking fat fuck domes. Hell yeah. All right. All right. I went I went on the internet too much. So you're getting Burger King. What's your order? Mm-hmm. What's your go-to order? Original chicken sandwich. But sometimes I get... If they, Is that the long chicken sandwich? Yes, it's sandwich? the long chicken sandwich. It's got a real, um, real acidic pop to it. It's good. It's got a nice bite to it. But then they also have like the regular like chicken sandwich. It's like a chicken breast. Um, and then if I like the multi-meated Whopper, sometimes they'll have a double or triple Whopper, and I'll go with that sometimes. Hmm. But I'm usually I usually go full on chicken sandwich, or I usually exclusively go there for breakfast because the croissant witch is off the fucking chain. See, man, I'm all I'm all about the loaded loaded omelet from Hardee's. See, and but you had a McGriddle recently for the first time. <gasps> I've been to the mountaintop, Which and I've changed. had a fucking Mc, oh, it changed. It's the best. The McGriddle's the best thing I've ever had. I might get McGriddle tomorrow. Can you just? Do they just have them at work? Uh, no, oddly enough, they don't have uh, McRiddles or biscuits at the downtown McDonald's uh, in the West Loop. No, I'm saying like at when you worked in the headquarters, do they have food just around? Like, can you get like, do, will they bring in a tray of cheeseburgers and just like, here you go? Uh, we uh, there would just be catered food around, but it wouldn't be McDonald's God food. They damn. had like an they had an in-house catering. I'm surprised. But that- my bosses would just get us my supervisor would just get us McDonald's. Yeah. We're gonna go she down would just be like lunch is, there, is, Mia. is there a McDonald's in the in the headquarters? Yeah, in the head uh, the headquarters downtown is their ca- test kitchen. Right. And uh and the global restaurant, the international restaurants mm-hmm. downtown. That used to be in the suburbs. You're lucky you're fucking lucky you got that job when they bu- built that new building. You'd have to be going out to fucking Deerfield. Oh fuck yeah, man! I would not be going out to Deerfield. I'm so <laughs> I'm so glad McDonald's is in downtown Chicago. Yeah, yeah, I would not be going out to Deerfield. Oh fuck that! I mean, well, it's not it's, it's not with a car. It's not that far. It's probably like a thirty minute commute. It depends, but well, uh, yeah, like, but how am I going to get there? Like train? Well, they might be. Do you make? Like, could you, within reason, buy like a car? Like, if you if you absolutely needed to, if if it was a job you wanted, could you buy a beater and just like, yeah, I'll buy it to go to work? Because you can take a beater to Deerfield. Or you do you just or do you just not like driving? I just I really just don't like driving. Yeah. Because I feel like you probably could buy a car. Um. Yeah, but I feel like it'd be pretty pretty wasteful right now. Yeah. Like if if anything like. We would buy a new car for Dana, and I would use the car that we have um, right now. So we just go, we just buy flat out a brand new car. Flat out, dude. Yeah, that stimulus. I like money. the idea of calling up a place and just being like, "Yeah, we're gonna, we wanna, we're interested in flat out buying a new car." Yeah, what are you doing, <laughs> girl? Um, yeah, uh, that's, a. I, I've been trying to get a bunch of these like breweries and things like delivered to us. Cause I'm like, I'm in Chicago. Um, yes, Nothing. I just, we're, we're calling up me and my husband, Kevin, we want to know who to talk to. If we want to go, if we th- want to go flat we're out, we're thinking about going balls to the walls and <laughs> we just want to know what department, if you can connect us to somebody. Is it balls? Is it walls? Is it the wall department or the balls department? I don't know. <laughs> Can can we can we speak to Mr. Do balls? we bring our balls to your wall or are you going to th- 
Like, what happens? Do you smash our balls with your wall? Tiger King. So good. You see they're going to have a new episode. They're, like, reopening it. Yeah, what are they what are they going to talk about? I think it's all about Carol. I think they're get, getting into her murking off her husband. Carol Baskin killed her husband. She's a bitch. Carol Baskin killed her husband. Tiger King's Eric Cowie is releasing Joe Exotic uh, on releasing Joe Exotic from prison. Fuck no. <laughs> Dude, did you hear? So check this out. This is via through uh a other radio show so i listen to jim norton and sam roberts and even though i don't like it every now and again they'll have donnie jr on they'll have trump jr on um and they and they had him on and sam roberts asked him about hey there's this documentary called tiger king and he says he wants a presidential pardon do you think your dad would ever do that and they just like joked it off like if i didn't hate everything surrounding his family like if you just took his interviews in a bottle donald trump jr is good on radio like he has mm. good interviews he's he he seems like a funny guy he's also just a trump uh so but he like laughed it off but then a reporter at a white house press conference told him about the radio interview and was like your son was recently on a radio show and was asked if he would support a pardon and they got Trump, they point like, would you ever support Joe Exotic? And they got Trump to say, I'm pro Joe Exotic. Of course he's fucking pro Joe Exotic. But at this point, so is everybody else. There's a bunch of, there's a whole, I think there's real for real petitions that like people really like this guy. He's very charismatic. Very charismatic. I'm fucking gay. I'm f- I am a polygamist. I'm gay. I'm a polygamist. I'm- <laughs> you ever been in a cage with ten tigers? Tigers. He's I great. I will shoot a fucking tiger in the skull. Yeah, and apparently he did five. Yeah, because after their baby, they're not worth anything. Um, I think it was more the older ones. Like I think he had sick ones because he did. That's the thing. Like, I think. He treated the tigers better than Carol treated her because Carol didn't interact with any of her tigers. She just put them in cages and let them fucking roam all tucked in. At least he went in there and fucking rubbed their bellies and shit. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I care. I, I don't think Carol treats her tigers well enough. I don't think she has the space big enough. Yeah. To like to like let those animals around. So I'm like, I think Joe exotic could. I, I think he more like I think those were either sick or injured tigers and when you like if your tiger breaks two legs you can't take it to a vet like they're not legal to have so like they're totally legal oh they are legal but like i just feel like he was the type of guy that's just like fuck it i'll just take it and shoot it like that's the way he would instead of taking it to a vet to get put to sleep he just shot it and i would just get all that expired walmart meat you know just feed the tigers hell yeah Grind Hell it yeah, I'd, I'd let my employees take all that expired Walmart. Me I got an old home. pair of roller skates that I would, a uh, pair of ice skates that I just would stomp on that tiger meat and cut it up. Try try gumming on that meat with your meth mouth. Did you say your meth mouth? <laughs> yep. That guy got new teeth, the dude. Yeah, man, I'm so happy he got new teeth. That was the best part of that story. Yeah. He got he got his branding off his fupa from Joe Exotic. Yeah. He took that off, and then he got new teeth. And I'm, like, so happy that that guy got new teeth. That's no joke either. Dude, fucking yeah. Martin Starr is in everything, dude. 
Oh, yeah, or you're watching Spider-Man Homecoming. Spider-Man Homecoming. I'm also releasing this as an episode of my show, so I'm doing what I would do on my show, and I'm channel surfing. Oh, great. My show is based <laughs> all around watching TV. Is this a cro- is this a crossover? Yeah, because Crow's just canceled on me. Oh, man, why did Crow cancel? Because he's all... Well, today it was because of a good thing. He had a he is writing a pilot with with a couple of, with one other guy but he lives in Chicago so they do it over the phone so he had like a Chicago good, so he had a big like 3 hour writing session so he was like I got to work on this pilot Who's he writing with Uh one he's the dude he's collaborating with on the actual pilot is cuz it's about without spoiling stories it's a it's actually a really good idea it's about Crocius used to be in the housing department where he would basically go to he would pretend to apply for apartments to see about like racism in the application process Uh so he would go and apply for an apartment and then uh they would like try and catch not like entrapment style but they would basically try and get like see if the renter was racist or like prejudice you entrapped me yeah so the the uh pilot's about that so he's writing it with someone who was in like the business. So he's more writing it to get the actual A's and B's of the the business side of it right. And then a couple of people he knows out here that write on TV shows are giving him notes and stuff. He said he got some good notes that they they made like a breakthrough today. He's been working on it hard for months. Oh, dude, Keith. Uh, Keith, what would you do if you needed to get dental work during this time? How serious we talking? Because uh, I already, because I, I already, my cap uh, in my tooth. Oh fuck that! Let it roll, dude. You got, you can have a little sword tooth for a while. Well, I'm gonna. Uh, Dana's gonna uh, talk to her, her, the dentist that she works with. You got to and p- see like what you need to actually do. You got one of those um, big pink pencil erasers. Jam one of those boys on there. Well, what you can, what you can do is you can go to uh, what? You can go to um uh like target or wherever and pick up pick up like a thing that you can uh do a temporary fix of a crown so we might just do that yeah or you could do like what flea did and just do it with super glue that's not a good idea flea used to just pour crazy glue in his fucking thumb he would get like a a base hole from whapping that base hey why is this not working what's not working oh fuck it Oh, why is this not working? What? Hold on. This is not working. What's not working? I'm trying to get... Hey, it's so suspenseful. The listeners don't know what's not working. I don't know why it's not working. Okay. What is your internet? Um, I'm trying to get things logged up and things aren't things aren't loading, so I was trying to type some stuff in. Let me oh. let me I gotta reload my browser. Hold oh, on. okay. That's fine. Um Kate, Yo. let's let's talk WrestleMania. Yeah, man. Thirty six. Well, uh, overall, I uh, Keith, I was I was really ready to shit on this and initially during the first match I was like, This is bad. Um well, and then you just get kinda used to it. I think they did it was weird cuz I think it went it went better than it could have. Uh they because it was taped over a week, they had the 
the ability to edit things. So I'm sure if there were mistakes had, they edited them out. So in that sense, they had time to prepare for it. But the things I had critiques on is they didn't change up the style of it. Like they, it looked better because they blacked out the arena. So you couldn't tell it was in an empty like space. It just looked like the ring and then like a black void around it, which looked cool. But then like most of the wrestlers still played to a fake audience like they didn't. Yeah, do, that was super weird. The, I feel like instead of telling them to like kind of play, to, let it be known that you're in a fucking empty arena, make it more like a fight. They kind of told them to go the opposite way of like, no, play to the camera. You're not in an empty arena. You're in front of millions of people like bullshit like that. Like it looks so stupid. Who are you hyping up? When you win yeah. a when you win a title and you're screaming and holding it in the air, who are you doing that for? You're in an empty building. It looks so ridiculous. Well, they could have done some stuff with the camera work and done a little bit tighter shots. Like when they do hold up a belt, just be like, uh, like Drew McIntyre, he directly look at the camera and was like, "For you." Or like, do what AEW does and have seven people spaced apart cheering. Have yeah. the cameramen do it. It makes a million times difference to just have people in the background going, yeah, like clapping and cheering. Yeah. But a, if that's they they're not going to do that because that's what AEW did. Well, no, they're just not going to do it because they just don't, they're fucking stupid. And they, they also, they have never, they won't acknowledge the coronavirus. Stephanie McMahon said because of current circumstances, Vince. Oh McMahon, no, they acknowledge it today. One of the wrestlers got uh got well, yeah, COVID. but that's still they're not gonna acknowledge that on TV. When you go watch WWE TV, they are not gonna talk about that. They're gonna say prevailing circumstance, just how they don't say hospital. They say Well, that's probably legal. That's probably legal. No, legalese. it's Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon doesn't want his product to exist in reality. So he doesn't want they're doing it because of just prevailing circumstances. They don't want it to seem real. They don't want to panic any sort of... They don't want to drive down their stock. They're just... It's insane. Hmm. Well, with that said, I thought it was going to be pretty bad, but it, it could have been worse. Yeah. I And even stuff I enjoyed, I enjoyed because it was insane. Like the Firefly Funhouse match... Oh, and that was the great. Match. It wasn't great, though. It was just in. Here's why it wasn't great is because at least the Boneyard match had some sort of logic. Wrestling? It, but it had logic to it. Like, they brought. Firefly Flenhouse had logic. No, it didn't. Here's why it didn't. They brought this up on another, on another podcast. AJ Styles willingly had that match. There's reasons why he would be in that Boneyard. Like,. How is John Cena changing costumes? How is he changing? Like, there at no point did they say like, now you're entering a different reality. Like they just kind of did all this weird, and it was cool and weird, but there was no logic to it. And like all of a sudden you have John, and they did like John Cena was never in WCW. Like why are you putting him in the NWO? And then also. Were, are we supposed to like he's dead now? They he Bray Wyatt killed John Cena at the end of that segment. So now, what you're gonna come back in eight months and just be like, yeah, that was weird, huh? Mm. Like it just makes even AJ Styles could like you could logic that off of being like, well, the stipulation was that you had to bury your partner, and then when Undertaker won and drove off, EMTs came and took AJ to a hospital. 
Like, how are you going to logic away? Oh, yeah, we went to Bray Wyatt's funhouse and we removed John Cena and like we went to another dimension. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Have, and, and it wasn't a match. They didn't wrestle. It really wasn't a match. That was my major critique of it. But with that said, it's been the whole thing we've been talking about, Bray Wyatt and The Fiend, going back through the history of the wrestlers and having them push to be their original selves. And now he's, yeah, but they kind of backed off that. But now he's fighting Braun Strowman. The the Fiend? Why? Yeah, because, that doesn't make any sense. Because Braun Strowman's got the universal belt. They kind of also, and this is what I think backfired on M- McMahon, is because like we talked about last week, his whole plan of putting Goldberg against Roman Reigns was he thought Goldberg was going to draw these giant WrestleMania numbers. But then when WrestleMania had to go pre-taped and in front of no audience, that kind of was pointless. So then Roman Reigns drops out because he's his immune system's compromised. So then that fucks up your whole main event anyway because the whole luster was supposed to be Roman Reigns, the current biggest money draw against Goldberg, who was the old big money draw. And now you have to switch that to Goldberg versus Braun Strowman in front of no audience. Because so, I think the original plan was for Bray Wyatt or to, for The Fiend to always have this belt. And then Roman was supposed to take the belt off of him to be the only person that could beat The Fiend and then whatever. So now since they had to take the belt off Goldberg because I think Goldberg is either he's upset with the way things went in this buildup because he said he's not signing a new deal. He's done with WWE. So now I think they're I just, don't see how they could do a story that's compelling enough with Bray. Braun and, Strowman used to be in the Wyatt Braun. family. Yeah, but like w- w- that's about it. You don't there's not that's a ton of need. history with Braun That's all Strowman. you need. They don't need to have a match history. It, it just needs to be I I created you. I made the monster. I am the monster. Oh, okay, that's pretty good. Yeah, see? I am the monster among men. I I really liked a lot of the symbolism they did in uh, the Firefly match. I thought it was really I liked the uh, symbolism, and I got it. Like, the whole... The NWO thing was really to signify how everybody wanted John Cena to turn heel. Yeah. But... And I got all of it, and I even enjoyed some of it. I just thought it was... you could, It was just not special. Nothing about those two days felt like WrestleMania. If the, oh if, well, let's get if it. Let's that talk, was let's talk day one. If that was any other pay per view, I would say that was like, oh, that was the best over the edge I ever saw. But like, at, in no way did that feel like the biggest pay per view of the year. Yeah, I agree, man. I, I uh, let's let okay. So, uh, I'm on I'm on CBS uh, Sports.com. So they're starting with Corbin and Elias. Okay. Well, they had Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss first. Where is... Look above that. There's probably a match above that. Because Nikki... Oh, they they did. Kabuki Warriors. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad they gave it to Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. I hated, like... Yeah, I uh, Nikki Cross without a, a, a crowd is weird. <laughs> yeah, even Alexa Bliss. Like, th- this was the one match where I was like, there's too much playing to the crowd. Yeah. And too much hyping up. And With they did said, a weird tag. love the Kabuki Warriors. They, they had a weird tag in this match, too. Like, Alexa Bliss fell out of the ring and tagged the partner outside of the ring, and the ref acknowledged it, but the but Nikki Cross didn't sell it. So, like, for a little bit, they mixed up who was the legal person, and you could tell it was, like, an actual fuck-up, like a choreographed fuck-up. But the reason shit like that annoys me in this case is, like, 
you could have just started over and edited that out. Yeah, that's true. Like, why did you leave that in? You had the time to do that. Yeah. And there's even a moment in another ma- tag match where, or the, the ladder match where <clears throat> they get, <clears throat> someone gets pushed off a ladder and they fall completely from the top of the ladder to the floor. Yep. Yep. There's a crash pad. There's no thud. You'd hear like a thud if there was no. So like clearly there was a crash pad right there. You could have done that better. You could have edited in a thud. Uh. Um, but yeah, and then they had Elias and King Corbin, which whatever. Yeah, whatever. Uh, Becky Lynch this and match Shayna was Baszler amazing. Was, was pretty good. The two women's matches were the best wrestling matches of both nights. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you on that Sammy one. Sami Zayn and Cesaro was good in that, like, I like the idea that Sami Zayn is so smarmy and shitty that, like, he runs around all match, Daniel Bryan whoops the shit out of him, and then literally the only offense that Sami gets in is his finisher, and he wins. Yeah, it's a good heel. It's great. It's a good heel move. Uh, uh, the the SmackDown tag team match, I, I felt, was was lacking. Uh, I like there it. was really if there were nine if there were nine six it guys. It would have been there, a mess, dude. I was so glad they did it like this. Three way tag matches are never fun. The only mm. time it was a good is when you had the triangle ladder match at WrestleMania two thousand and it kind of like if you go back and watch it, it's only like a fifteen minute match. It's not long, uh and it stays in the ring. Uh and it was three of the greatest tag teams ever, so they know how to do it. But I kind of like, but again, this is the not mentioning shit. At no point did they ever even say th- three people in this tag match are not in this match anymore. They didn't tell you at all. Like, when. Because is- this was supposed to be the tag match. Like, they didn't, they, at no point did they mention that Miz. Oh, yeah. That the part, like, they didn't tell you why the partners weren't there. They didn't even say they weren't there. They just went about it as if this was always supposed to be a triple threat singles match. The partners could have at least been in the audience. Yeah, well, no, they're, apart. they refused to be there. It's the, those, their partners refused to travel. One of the Usos is quarantined with Roman Reigns. Miz is sick. I don't think he has the coronavirus, but he is sick, so he's quarantining. And then... Who was the other team? Big E. And then Big E, I think, is also quarantining. And then mm. Xavier Woods has been hurt for months. How bad was Rob Gronkowski as the host? Awful. He was He awful. was fucking terrible. So terrible. And he was, why even say he's the host? He was there, he was on screen for like four and a half minutes. Who's the host? Is there a host normally? Yeah, they always have someone kind of coming out. Usually it's the next Hall of Famer. Like Hulk Hogan did it last year. Rock did it one year. No, Cena did it last year where they come out at the beginning and they say like, what's up, everybody? They fucking and then someone will come out and do a promo with them. And then throughout the show, they'll come out and do whatever the fuck announce the musical act. They'll sit there at the side of the ring and talk to people. It's It's whatever. But they usually yeah, have Gronkowski was fucking awful, but they usually reserve that spot for someone who can't wrestle, but is a huge name like Stone Cold or someone like that. Hmm. Well, they reserved it for someone who can't wrestle well, and not a huge name and not good on the mic. Here's the reason they did it is because Vince McMahon thinks, oh, we'll put Gronkowski out there and then ESPN will cover WrestleMania. No, they, did they? Probably. 
because he won a title. Rob Gronkowski won the 24-7 title. Even if it was a throwaway two-second thing on SportsCenter, it's still, that's millions of people. Ugh. What a fucking stupid way to view things. It's all about them ratings, baby. Dude, the KO uh, Seth Rollins match was pretty good. Uh, and then I think they quietly did away with the Tyson Fury was supposed to be at this year's WrestleMania. And Tyson Fury, who's that? He's a British boxer, but because he can't, they ain't coming from England to Tampa Bay. There ain't no way they're letting him fly internationally. Yeah, KO, KO, KO Seth Rollins was good when he got up in the sign. That was good. Uh, yeah, I was like, KO, man. Yeah, and, and then the you, whole... Yeah, it was good. And then Seth you had, Rollins is kind of uh, intolerable as the Monday Night Messiah. The Monday Night Messiah, but he's supposed to be. Yeah. He still has a good match. Um, Strowman Goldberg was after this. It was a two-minute and ten-second match. Fucking boring. Um, I love that I love that uh, Braun got the title, though. So I like get it. this. This is a little behind-the-scenes hey, shit. Hey, Keith, I got the title. Here's what happened with the whole Bray Wyatt dropping the belt to Goldberg. So, originally, the plan was to have Bray Wyatt come into WrestleMania the champion, regardless. Even Vince McMahon, I guess, was like, yeah, we should probably have Bray Wyatt go over and then have Roman beat him. Uh, which also contradicts stories of Goldberg needing to be the big money draw for WrestleMania. But I think Goldberg was going to be on WrestleMania anyway, whether he had the universal title or not. Well, um, he would have been the host. Or maybe he would have been the host, yeah. Anyway, but yeah. so I guess Goldberg made a fuss about he and this is so lame. I hate this. I hate even saying this. Goldberg literally thinks kids view him as a superhero. So like he always says, I'm very adamant about my character being a superhero. So Wait, Bill Goldberg? Bill Goldberg says that about his wrestling character that like the kids think I'm a superhero. So he thought it would have destroyed his character to lose to the fiend. So he made a big stink, I guess, about losing to Bray Wyatt. And then Bray Wyatt did business and said like, all right, well, I'll drop the belt to him, which made him good in the locker room. I guess the other wrestlers really liked that. He bit the bullet and dropped the belt to Goldberg. Okay. So I'm just saying that's a funny tidbit about going into this match that like Goldberg forced his creative on this and that's why he had the title. Both times I even think he did that when he dropped the belt to Kevin when Kenny took it off Kevin Owens cuz he thinks it's ridiculous and that's why it goes back to the mark aspect of it and that's why other wrestlers hate Goldberg. He thinks winning matters in wrestling. He literally thinks that like oh if i lose that'll be like that'll totally destroy my image i'm supposed to be this unbeatable like yes you are but you can lose yeah like he well he did he lost to braun Strowman. yeah but i guess he was kind of he probably was pissed about it and i guess that had a lot of reason to do why he won't negotiate a new deal he probably thought it like i i don't know why i i can't it's gonna tarnish my image I also think that between the the two men, if they were to actually fight, I think Braun Strowman would whoop Goldberg's ass. Oh, 100%. I think Goldberg's way of doing it would be, let me go over, and then I'll just retire the next night on Raw and drop the belt. Yeah, fucking weak. So weak. 
Goldberg doesn't get it. Like the 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 one thing that I remembered from he's you a talking mark. about like he thinks it's talking real. about where uh like if you're retiring from wrestling, you need to go on your back. Oh, hundred percent. And he thinks it. I mean, he obviously knows it's choreographed, but like he thinks it's real in the sense that like wins and losses matter. Scott Hall never won a major title in his career, and he has no. He's not upset about it. He says, "Razor like, Ramon." Yeah, he was like, "I like putting guys over. I like losing. As long as I made the the dude look good, winning. Hell yeah, that's what it's that's what it's all about. It's not about winning and losing. It's about having an awesome match and fucking making it seem like it was a legit fight." Wait, Scott Hall never won. He won the Intercontinental Title which was back when it was a way secondary title. He was always a tag champion. He never won a world title. Wow. Ever. And, th- and that was mostly because by the time he was big enough to be available for one, he was a fucking fall down drunk and couldn't be trusted. Huh. Well, look at that. Yeah. Uh, what'd you think about the, uh, bone y- the Boneyard match was cool. Boneyard match was fun. I like that they brought back biker taker the American they brought back biker taker dude i like it um i like that he kind of they broke character and were calling each other their real names come on alan yeah come on. and he was calling him mark calloway and shit um i yeah i liked a lot of it i didn't like the fucking that i guess undertaker foresaw that he might win this match and had one of his friends come rig up some pyro that he could fucking hey hey brother listen, I'm gonna wrestle this guy in a in a boneyard. Uh, I need you to go in there and rig up some stuff, and you know when I win, I'm gonna put my fist in the air and I'm gonna need you to hit it as I ride off to Metallica. Also, I need fucking lasers. Yeah, like that was a little fucking hokey, but other than that, I thought it was great. I like that when he beats the shit out of him, he picks him up, and it was just like, yeah, you did good. No one would give me that fight. No one would give me that. You gave it yeah, to me. Yeah, like, and he's like, don't bury me, man. Don't bury me. He's like, I'm not going to bury you. I'm not going to bury you. And then he fucking buries him. Yeah. He's like, yeah, that's good. And he reveals that he pre- had a pre-made grave made with... And I like that should have said Alan Jones instead of AJ Styles. Completely agree. Yeah. Alan Jones, dude. Pussy Inspector. Uh, I also like that he was legitimately bleeding from punching through uh, a candied windshield. Yes. That was pretty dope. A candied windshield. That's a good name. Candied. Can I get some of that candied win- windshield glass? Can you just give me some uh, uh, like some, some yummy uh, candied windshields? And can I get a candied door? And can uh, you know I got to get it? That candy. actually. And do you want to know? A lot of the reason of why I, in hindsight, like the Boneyard match is because I didn't think it was going to be... It was well-produced. Also, I didn't think that was the end of the show. I thought I was like, well, now we got like another hour of show left. And then when I saw that it was the end and night one was only three hours, I was like, oh, what a great way to end it. Yeah, I thought I thought it was very well-produced for what uh, WWE can do. Um, it was really great storytelling. It was a slobber knocker. Yes, sir. And you're gonna have to you're gonna have to know you're going up against the best pure striker in WWE history. It's mm. gonna be a fight. Uh huh. Um. So, uh, uh the NXT Women's Championship, uh, Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte. Again, Fuller, I'm shocked 
that they gave it to Charlotte Flair. So am I. And here's Vince's reasoning behind it, and it kind of nulls what NXT is. He wants Charlotte on that show to pump to get higher ratings than AEW. It's um, all re- it's already getting higher ratings. Also, I think uh, Rhea Ripley's on the main roster now, so that was she was probably going to lose anyway. But you couldn't. You could have had someone else wrestle her. You could have put her. You could have put it on uh, Bianca Belair or somewhere. Tony yeah. Storm or someone like that. Like have her have an NXT match. Um, it just doesn't. I don't think it, Charlotte doesn't need the NXT title. NXT doesn't need Charlotte as the NXT champion. Um, but that's the way they're going to defend it. Is just like, well, Rhea's going to the main roster, so she has to drop the belt on the way out, which I get. But also, I think it had to do with pre-planned quarantine issues because Rhea Ripley lives in Australia and Australia's got this rule that if you come in from another country, you have to quarantine for two weeks. So she was going to have to quarantine for two weeks anyway. So I think they were like, well, you can't have our belt for two weeks off TV. So you we got you got to drop the belt until this so they might even put it back on her but i think she's gonna she's gonna go after becky lynch eventually oh that would be a good match or whoever is the smackdown champion she might be on smackdown or whatever rhea ripley's awesome she's great um love that vegeta outfit too she's got tattoos all over her giant legs really yeah that's you kind of saw him because she usually has the leather jeans on but she has like tattoos from the front from her ankle all the way up to her knee like on her shins they're like devil faces she Um, she quoted slipknot on instagram today so she's she's down with the sickness (laughs) uh yeah man i thought that was a really great match i just didn't get the logic behind that and now that i know that it's vince being like charlotte's gonna help the brand out i'm like the brand doesn't need charlotte well, I, he's he's a senile old fool, and I think he is silently panicking about not getting new fans. Because I mean, how is AEW beating them? Just NXT. I mean, Raw gets two million people every week because it's on USA, and it's it's uh, usually unless there's sports on. Sports and news are the only thing that outrates Raw. Like, it's not a lie. Monday Night Raw is the number one rated cable show on television. Hmm. So, even, ter- like, Raw ratings at their worst are still 2 million people. But they used to do... But, but that's a contrast of what they used to do in the in the height of the Attitude Era. 8 million people were watching Raw every Monday. So, to go from that to 2, that's devastating. Oh, man. So in that sense, AEW will never outrate WWE. But it's beating NXT. It's beating NXT. Why is that? Just because I think uh, the show's changing. They're making it more WWE style because it's on broadcast television. So I think they want it to kind of look like SmackDown and Raw. And I think now because it's on... USA, it's more open to USA's criticism and the advertisers' criticisms. NXT was kind of safe from advertisers because it was on the network with no commercials. And it's also two hours now instead of one hour, so they have to stretch shit out. Oh, NXT? Yeah. Oh, man, I really liked that NXT was a tight show. Yeah. And now, since it's kind of a main brand, I think it's 
Vince tampers with it now. Um, so there's a lot of stuff where, like, a lot of people also people were kind of just like what's the point of like we were already watching nxt on the network and like the, I, I think it hurt their network sales because a lot of people were only had the wwe network because they're like oh nxt's on the network so that's why i have it and then now nxt's on the usa network so they're just like well i don't need the fucking wwe network now all their documentaries are on youtube yeah that's true Every, They're not good at like consolidating their resources. Everything that is on the WWE network is on YouTube. In some yeah. in some way, shape, or form, you can illegally get everything that's on the WWE network. Um, you know who what wrestler I fucking hate? Bobby Lashley. Yeah. He's, I just don't get like he's a he's little just boring. A, he's a good worker, though. I will say that. He's not a bad wrestler. He's good in the ring. He's he looks fucking great, but he's just so bland personality wise. Yeah, man, Alistair Black though. He's Alistair great. Black's great, great character, great, a good wrestler. Yeah, uh, I'm glad they gave uh, Black a little bit, of, a little bit of a push. Um, Thank you. What were your thoughts on the Otis Dolph Ziggler thing? I was looking forward to this for multiple nights. And and do you think it performed? No, just because it you needed. This match needed a crowd because you need the crowd cheering for Otis's big fat ass to get Mandy. Yeah. You need the crowd pumping up when he does his little dry humps. He is a big fat He's ass. He's a big fat. That's his whole thing. He's a big fucking jolly fat guy who, for some reason, Mandy Rose thought he was kind of cute. And then I actually did like how the story played out with, like, Sonya Deville being the double crosser. And then, like... Someone else pointed this out that was a little weird. Mandy Rose comes out to, like, make the save and cost Dolph Ziggler. She hits him in the balls. But she comes out in her wrestling gear. Like, why are you dressed up? You you kicked him in the dick. You could have been in jeans and a shirt. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> what are you doing? Um, I like I like that it ended well. I, I do wish that there was more of a crowd to cheer him on. I also like that she had to kiss a very sweaty Otis at the end of it. Yeah, he's a super sweaty dude. He was so sweaty. His, 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 like, I've seen big guys in the WWE, but his his belly is uncomfortable. It's big. And that's how you know how fit he is, because that's no joke wrestling, dude. Like, he... he, Yeah, wrestling at his size, yeah. And he can run around and not get gas. Can you hand me your charger? He can do the worm. Yeah, they call it the caterpillar, though, because he's obese. Oh okay, uh, okay. Oh that I feel not. See now I feel bad for Otis, but then again, like that's kind of he's he that's his thing. He, he knows. It. He knows what he is. He's getting paid to wrestle. I'm gonna plug in the computer for a second. Hold on. Um, I was so fucking bored with the Edge Randy Orton match. It w- it really wasn't the best. I was really hoping for the most of it, but I was also hoping that Edge was going to go down. Man. That big fat man loved that blonde woman. All right, I'm back. Yeah, dude, and he was and this was a months-long build. That that big fat guy, he finally got his kiss. Well, cuz at first they were like make they were like being they were like friendly. Do you, well, you saw how the you saw the build up package, so you know how the story unfolded. 
Is this kayfabe? Or are they really dating? No, 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 no. Okay. God, no. Well, I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe she was like, "Oh, he's a good kisser." And, I mean, they uh, might have hooked up. I, I heard the wrestlers very much mingle with each other. Ooh, fucky ducky. A lot of fraternizing. Um. Yeah, the whole Edge Randy Orton thing was so so long, so boring. Oh, dude. And, and you... this would have been it if there was a crowd or not. Yeah, and this one made you realize, and I was kind of mocking at the whole show, because there was no people, any time they were out of breath, it was like, oh, oh, oh. like the whole match, it was just them being like, oh, 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 oh. So is Edge okay? Is he cleared to wrestle? I thought yeah. he was going out. No, there's a documentary on the network about like the buildup to it. So he got a second neck surgery in 2014 that like relieved pressure off some shit. And after that second surgery, he just noticed that like I don't I have no pain. And he said it was in the sense that like I didn't know how much pain I was in before because I just until it was gone, I didn't even notice that, like, because he came out of the second neck surgery and his wife was like, how do you feel? And he was like, I don't have a headache anymore. And he was like, I didn't even know I had a headache, but now I don't. <laughs> but now I don't have one. So I know I had a headache. And then the big test for him was because WWE was following him around for this years long documentary just about his life outside the ring. And then. One day he was riding a mountain bike because he lives up in the fucking Asheville, North Carolina, like the Smoky Mountains. Uh, yeah, up by Dolly Parton in there. So he was riding around and he wrecked his bike. He he ramped this hill and he fell off his bike and landed right on his back. Like you could, they have it on film. And he pops right back up and like felt good. And he said that was the moment where he was like, if I can do this, why can't I do that? And so that, Edge loves wrestling. Oh, yeah. And then they even did it right because he wanted to cheat the dirt sheets because he said, like, I know that if I actually sign and come back, people are going to it's not going to be special. It's going to get leaked. So he they built a ring in his garage and he had his wife, Beth Phoenix, who is a Hall of Famer and Dash Wilder just wrestle with him for months, like in secret. And then when he debuted at the Royal Rumble, he hid like in a closet for the whole show. So, oh, that's cool. So yeah, he loves wrestling. He kept it secret. And he and he wanted to make sure he was ready when he came back. It's just unfortunate that he came back and did this abomination of a match. And did yeah, you notice they good. did a Benoit spot? No, I did not. They went to the weight bench and he hung the lap belt around his neck and like choked him out with the lap belt. I I don't think it was intentional, but come on, man. Yeah. That's not good. Uh, they gave uh, Gronkowski the 24-7 championship. I was really hoping they were going to let R-Truth run with it. Well, this was because Mojo Rawley won it the first night. So th he beat Mojo Rawley for it. That was their little, like, because him and Mojo were boys. So it was to set up, like, oh, he turned on his friend. Hmm. That was so hmm. stupid. Yeah, not a fan of it. Not a fan. Kate. Uh, hold on. Uh, we're we're now at the Raw Tag Team Championship. Uh, Street Profits versus Angel Garza and Austin Theory. Austin like, Theory's I, got a good bod. Austin Theory's a good wrestler. He's a a progress guy. He's like an a, an English indie wrestler. I guess they like him a lot. 
Uh, but like I, I, I can. The street profits were so fucking annoying without without a crowd. Like more so than well, yeah, because it's one of those things. You they uh, their whole gimmick is hyping people up. They're starting a goddamn party. Yeah, man, I I I was not on board for this match. It was it was bad. Uh, it was good to see Bianca Belair, but like have Bianca Belair fucking wrestle. Well, yeah, and then uh, they debuted her officially on Raw the next night. Oh, so she's up in the main roster. Yeah, she's like with the Street Profits. Oh, th- you're fucking wasting her. Well, no, she's actually married to one of them in real life. Well, yeah, I know that, but Bianca Belair is a legit wrestler. With that ponytail? Yeah, man. <clears throat> and then after that, you had the five-pack, the five-way elimination match, which whatever. I wanted yeah. this. Here's how I wanted this one to end is because this was an originally supposed to be Sasha versus Bailey. And then they held off on that because I thought this was going to build to the like Sasha turning on Bailey and becoming heel boss again. And they kind of did it, but then she comes back and helps Bailey. And then it would be fine if you help Bailey to kind of be like, well, I'm only helping you because I want to beat your ass for the title. But they really want to push Lacey Evans, man. I'm not. She's got a good look. I mean, if she gets her like, I like the gimmick. I don't hate it. I don't hate Lacey Evans. Oh, man, I'm not a Lacey Evans fan at all. She's got a she's got a doubter. Uh, yeah, Lacey, uh, Lacey. But yeah, pretty pretty boring, man. I was I was also hoping that Sasha would have turned, but you didn't need Lacey Evans or Tamina or Naomi in this. To poor Tamina, she's been trying to get her spot for years. She's been in the company for like twelve years now. Well, and like you don't really need Naomi, like what? But I think they just wanted. I think they fumbled this so much that they just needed. They just threw a bunch of people so they could get a WrestleMania match. Like, I just think this was hastily put together. And I think this was put together through other wrestlers dropping out. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Um, And now we're at the, the Firefly Funhouse match. I, I like the Firefly Funhouse match, man. Thought it was good. Thought it was a good move. I think it's insane that this was 13 minutes. Really, it felt longer. Right? It felt like an eternity. That's not a good thing. Also, I like that, that he ends with the mandible claw by, like, well, like, well, that's his letting, it, like, bringing himself in. Like, bringing a little bit of the fiend inside of you. Well, that's his, like, real finisher. That wasn't, like, a special one-time thing. That's how he, that's, like, how he does it. It's good. And, it's good. They, and they change it usually... When he does it, their his opponent is bleeding, like he makes him cough blood. And now they had this weird, like, black green goo that was all over his face afterwards. Who's is that? A young John Cena going up against uh, Kurt Angle? Yeah, that was his first moment on TV, the ruthless aggression moment. Oof. I'm all about Professor of Funkonomics, man. No, man, I like prototype John Cena. All all about all about rapping John Cena. But I you know what? I, I thought the uh Drew McIntyre and Brock Lesnar match was pretty good. I thought that as, was great. And I felt as far as, like that fucking Claymore move would knock your head off. I felt bad that Drew McIntyre had to like cause this was the one true 
Like, we were arguing about what's going to happen with the Universal title, but Drew McIntyre is the face of the company now. Like, they're running with him. So I think... I, it, I think how it, did this happen? How did they go, like, Drew McIntyre, he's our guy? Because I know in the, they've like, been the, building the promo, him for they're years. like, this is the guy, this is the guy, and he just hasn't well, moved that's, up to that's it. Well, that's real life. So here's the... the They've been building... When he came back to WWE, he was started in NXT, and I guess Triple H really loves... Drew McIntyre. So he was in WWE years ago, like 10 years ago. And Vince McMahon went on SmackDown and would like announced him instead of just giving him a dark match. They like coronated like this is going to be the next big whatever the fuck. And they make it seem like Drew, Ga- <coughs> Drew Gallo or uh, Drew McIntyre, like he was lazy and he fucked up his opportunity. What really happened was. They booked him to oblivion, and he ended up in the middle card. And they stuck him with awful gimmicks and awful partners. They never gave him good mm. creative at all. So he got pissed. Was he good? Yeah, was he, he was good? great. He always okay. looked, he just didn't have the beard. When he first came to WWE, he didn't have the beard. I think he bolted up a lot. Yeah, uh, he did. Yeah. So then he he asked for his release. He left WWE and went on the indies for like three, four years and he was Drew Galloway on the Indies. And he really developed wrestling wise. Like he knew how to he figured out how to have a good indie wrestling match. He can do like the flippy shit. He really rounded out his wrestling arsenal. So he's a big guy that's pretty athletic. Yeah. So but WWE makes it seem like, oh, and then we gave the kid a second chance. What really happened was he quit WWE and became a fucking superstar on the Indies. And then WWE realized their fucking mistake and that they should have pushed him to the fucking moon immediately. So then they signed, signed him again and put him in NXT, and that was them, I think. And then even this is them being like, hey, we're, so, we're sorry for not having faith in you, kid. Yeah. Are they going to run with him for a while? Is he a oh, heel? Yeah. Is he a no, face? No, he's a face, but he, could, he can be a heel. He's the type of guy like Cena where like, he can do whatever the fuck he wants with that title. He's a tweener. Yeah. It's I'm excited for it. But again, I feel bad that his big coronation was in front of no audience. Yeah, I feel bad too. But I, you can see like at the end of it, like I'm like, he's actually getting legit emotional. I wouldn't have done it. I would have this would have been the one match where I would have been like, All right, we're gonna do WrestleMania, but we're holding off on Drew until we can you do that in front of a crowd. Yeah. You do that until you can do that in front of a crowd, even if it's next year. Well, more more power to you, Drew. What's going to happen to Brock Lesnar? I mean, same old. He'll be he'll come back in four months or whatever. Yeah, he'll take it. He'll take a breather from yeah. from. He only from works having no no eyebrows. Yeah, he yeah he only works yeah and just and sweating. Yeah, poor sweat. <laughs> he'll go hunt. He'll go say he's self isolating, but he'll go shoot elk somewhere. I'm gonna hunt me some buffalo. Yeah. I'm going to hold me some goddamn buffalo, well, baby. He, he's from Minnesota, so he doesn't talk like that. Yeah, that's right. I'm from Minnesota, baby. Have you heard him talk? Yeah, this is what Brock Lesnar sounds like. No, I have no idea what Brock Lesnar sounds like. He doesn't sound like. like that at all. Does it sound like this? Nope. Like Brown Strowman? Mm-mm. Yep, just riding my tractor. He just sounds like a normal guy. He doesn't sound as biggie as he is. Hey, y'all. Just me. But he lives in Canada. Or, like, near the border. Because they have looser hunting regulations. 
Look at that. I'm watching I'm watching uh Drew McIntyre get the belt. He looks jazz, man. That Claymore, dude. That Claymore move. is a nasty fucking I move. like a good knee to the head. Yeah, that's good stuff from a guy that big. Mm-hmm. Uh you're I dude, I loved the the where uh, it was like 80s uh, Bray Wyatt doing a promo with uh, John Cena. Yeah. Pump, like being a wrestle, uh, bodybuilder buff. When he's like uncontrollably curling weights. Yeah, but like fucking Bray Wyatt doing 80s promos. I'm all for that, man. I just want to see him do 80s promos all the time. I'll see him do promos all day. Bray Wyatt can talk his ass off. Yeah, he's great at that. Unfortunately, he can his, and I even think that's Bray's problem with a lot of the pushes that he lost is. I don't think he can have a spectacular match. Yeah, I don't think so either. He's not that great in the ring. He really is a guy that like. His dad is a Hall of Famer, so he got it's nepotism. His dad's fucking IRS. Hey, but at least at least Bray has like a uh, a good sense of creative and can fucking yeah. talk. Oh, this fiend character, I guess is. So he got hurt way last year. That's when Cena Cena beat him at WrestleMania for the WWE title. And then he went away and I guess was pissed off. And they finally just were like, all right, we'll let you do whatever you want. Like, well, you're injured. Come up with whatever. And we'll do Come it. up with a thing. And he came up with the Firefly Fl- Funhouse with this whole like, I'll only be the fiend when I wrestle. Like this Jaws type of thing where like he's there, but he's lurking. You don't ever see the fiend. I'm always this like fun children show host it's a good but idea the fiends out there but the yeah fiends it's a really out there, great it's a good gimmick it would just be and i didn't like that they have them do it under red lights all the time like yeah i don't like that either and don't have them wrestle that much like he should the fiend should be wrestling once every two or three months no yeah the fiend the the fiend should only be wrestling at pay-per-views. And I think they should do kind of a, a Power Ranger thing where have him wrestle as Bray Wyatt a little bit. Like, only have him turn into the Fiend when he really needs that pump-up. Like, it's that last dire... You have him wrestle as Bray Wyatt for two-thirds of the match, and then when it's like, when it crests into that finish, you have the lights go out and you have him turn into the Fiend. Yeah, but how can he quick change? Wear some breakaways, baby. Like, you're coming off the bench. Wah! Yeah, um, Keith. Hold on, we are ending with WrestleMania. We didn't read any comics. No. Oh. Well, you bought stuff. I did. I bought stuff from Challengers. I'm going to be reading the first two trades of uh, the Immortal Hulk because I I only read like three issues of the of that run before I picked it back up. I should then... see if I should if I could send you a virtual file of the first trade of the intergalactic empire of wakanda for black panther Ooh, i can probably probably get that for you and then i'm going to read a book called sixth gun i've heard of that and i'm and i'm i'm sure people know the book if you're a boom book it it's an oni book okay um here's the plot uh the synopsis of the of the book um i'm going to wikipedia it's an oni book Oni Press. Uh, summary. 
the Six Gun takes place in the Old West shortly after the end of the Civil War. The story centers around six pistols, each imbued with dark powers. The wielder of each pistol gains an ability unique to that weapon and is tied to the pistol until their death. The guns are numbered with the titular six gun belonging to one of the story's primary protagonists, Becky Montcrief. Uh, the other main protagonist is Drake Sinclair, a gunfighter with a very pragmatic outlook on the guns. Those are great uh, names. The villains of the series include reoccurring antagonist General Hume and his four horsemen, the Knights of Solomon, the Sword of Abraham, and the Grey Witch. That's that's dope. That sounds right up your alley. So are these guns? Yeah, are these guns sentient? No idea. We'll find out. We'll find out when I read the. Oh, book. you haven't even read it yet. Uh, I just got it. Uh, when did I get it? I got it Friday. So I'll read it next week after I give it like four days to decontaminate. Hey, I'm Daryl, and I'm the voice gun. Hey, hello. My name's Bobby, and I'm the second gun. And my name's Pedro. I'm the third gun. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, Keith, I also saw Onward before we end this episode. Nice. How was that? Uh, Onward was fantastic, man. Fucking Pixar really knows what they're doing. Uh, I, uh, did I they did release this digitally because it was supposed to be in theaters, or did it already come into theaters? It released in theaters uh, the same week as the shutdown started. Yeah. So then they just brought it out in... Uh, On VOD. Yeah, and it's making great money. People love it. It's a really great movie. Um, it's it's like it's 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 a really personal story from the from the writer. Dad, like all Pixar I want to watch Onward on VOD. Dad, I don't want to go to the movie theater. Can I just watch VOD? <laughs> Ooh, I want your VOD. Get some of that VOD, baby. You got a tight VOD. It was great, man. It was a, it was a, it's a, it's an adventure story. It's a, it's like a, a funny, wacky Dean detail, which t- talking about like what family actually means and what it means to be like a hero and what it means to be like if you lose someone in your family, where does that pick up? Did um, they set up the sequel and upward? Uh, that's great. There, it will probably be upward. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I I think this has enough juice in it for a sequel, but they have uh in the fall they're going to be releasing kind of like a D&D style with miniatures and like a player's book nice. uh to play in the Onward world with their kind of like game mechanics. Of course they need it. Well, it's it's Pixar/Disney, so they're going to make product out of this. Oh, fucking synergy, dude. Like <laughs> Um, but hey, man, I'm on board. I'll pick it up. They're gonna it's, try and uh, take over the D and D market. I don't think they could do that, but I'll check. I'll check it out. I'll pick it up if it comes all in one box. I'll check that shit out. The cool thing about real hardcore D and D is that if Disney bought Dungeons and Dragons, someone would just make a new game, like how Pathfinder got invented. Uh, what? Wait, wait. wait. Pathfinder got invented because people didn't like the new rules for D and D. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like. Let's say D&D gets purchased and sells out completely. Like, Disney is like, we're buying Dungeons and & Dragons and making it stupid. Some, <laughs> someone would just make a new game. Like, real Dungeons & Dragons would live on in another game. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, they'll just they'll just do, like, you know, uh, bosses and bad guys yeah. or something like that. Like, that's what pa- Pathfinder is. Du- Pathfinder is D&D. It's just... 
a, a certain rule set that isn't in D&D anymore. I'm talking Pathfinder. But I'm sure if you're nerdy enough about it, you can have a hour-long argument with me about how Pathfinder is nothing like D&D. Um, uh, I don't know. I've never played Pathfinder, so I can't really say anything about it's Pathfinder. The same, it's the same. Dude, it's like the same m- mechanics of it. Like, you create your character, you roll dice. It's still a 20-sided die. It's literally D&D, just with a different name. It's D&D. But yeah, like it's it's some yeah, two five nerds didn't like the new version of D&D so they created Pathfinder. Oh, I like that. Yeah. They just they used what they they used what they knew about it. Mhm. Um yeah. So I'm I'm, you know, I'm excited about I'm excited about that. I'll give that a shot. It was a great movie. Uh they fought a gelatinous cube, which is in all actuality the weakest uh of all the D&D monsters, but yeah, you don't want to. You, you can't terrify these kids. Uh, it was it was pretty it was pretty smart, well written, emotional. Cried at the end. It it, it accomplished everything that a uh, a Pixar movie should do. The only thing I get bummed at is that like now because of Stranger Things, everybody's like, well, we got to do D and D shit now. Hey man, I'm all for that. It's yeah. it's Stranger Things is the thing that got me into playing D and for- I always forget about that. Um, like after I saw the first season of Stranger Things, I was like, "Cool, I'm in. Let's do it." And by D and D, Kevin means dicks and dongs. Dicks and dongs. I'm playing swords with my dick. Dicks and dongs. Oh, it's you choking on peens. And let's end this episode. <laughs> yeah, that will that. Oh, uh, uh, Keith, what are you looking forward to next week uh, during your uh, quarantine? Well, I next week I can probably talk about we're, we're crushing Mr. Robot right now. So I watched season one of Mr. Robot, the USA show, last year, and then I didn't finish it. So now it's on Amazon, so I'm crushing through it. We're literally in the middle of an episode right now. I paused it to do this podcast. Oh, that's that's mighty white of you. Do you know about that? Did you say mighty white? Are you being yeah. <laughs> racist, Kevin? I know, I know, I can do it too. Yeah, or I should say, prejudice, because we can't be racist to each other. It's not possible. Everyone's a little. Racist Although I'm Mexican, so you can be racist to me. I'll allow it, because I'm. Oh well, that's mighty white of you. Because half of me is a marginalized person. You know. I got you, baby. We're real marginalized over here. Uh, so we. Yeah, man. Getting, but do you know about uh, Mister Robot? Do you know the premise of it? Um, uh, no, no. So I do basically, not. I thought I did, but I, isn't it about like anonymous grabs? Well, them? yeah. So Rami Malek is this computer hacker who also you find out has this multiple personality who is like an embodiment of his dad. And so he talks to him and he plans this giant hack where he basically wipes the world's debt clean. He crushes, like, he wipes everybody's debt. So that causes a mass, he, cr- he like, crashes the world economy and it causes hysteria. So that's, like, the second season. And then, like, it just, it, like, escalates from there. Like, right now they're involved in this stage two thing where, like, they're going to turn. So after they crashed this giant company, it's this company called E-Corp. It's basically the show's Google. Like, it's that world's Google. So they basically destroy this company's database. 
and through doing that, they wipe everybody's debt clean in the world. And then you find out in season two that their next plan, because E-Corp is just going to rebuild their database, but with papers, they're like taking all their paper files and bringing them to a facility. So now they're going to blow that fucking facility up by hacking into their giant like computer room and turning the li- over overpowering the lithium batteries in the computers and ter- melting the batteries and then like putting hydrogen in the room and they're going to blow up this fucking building through hacking it like with a hack it's fucking dope it's just a dope show it's like hackers so what's the so how did it start out uh, how does he become Mr. Robot? Well, that's the, well, Mr. Robot is Christian Slater. It's his it's his other persona. Uh, and that's, oh, so he just has multiple personalities. Well, it's only Christian Slater. He talks to it's it's not, and I guess it's a multiple personality, but it's really just like his dad talking to him. But then it's weird because other people will talk to Mr. Robot, and then they'll cut, and it's just talking to Rami Malek, but he's responding as Christian Slater. It's weird. Hmm. And then it's it's wild. Like in season two, they had an 80s style episode where they're in the show. He's getting the shit kicked out of him in jail by this Nazi group because he goes to jail for a little bit. And Mr. Robot, so he doesn't get beaten to death, takes him into like a 80s style sitcom. And, like, for, for 15 minutes of the hour episode, it's 80s USA. They put the old logo up. Elf pops in in the episode at some point. It's fucking wild. Um, Mr. Robot. It's a real good show. Um, if you read the basic synopsis, it probably won't spoil it, and it'll fucking lay out the show. I'm just I'm giving you so many Rami details. It stars Elliot Alderson, a cybersecurity engineer and hacker with social anxiety disorder and clinical depression. He was addicted Elliot to heroin, recruited- too. By an insurrectionary anarchist known as Mr. Robot, played by Christian Slater, and a group of hacktivists called the F Society. Uh, the group aims to destroy all debt records by encrypting a financial data of E Corp, the largest conglomerate in the world. Uh, the pilot, blah, 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 blah. It's real good. Um, but it shows you that, like, Everybody has this fascination of like, yeah, we'll wipe the debt clean and and we'll save the world, man. But like it literally destroys society like it crashes the world economy and collapses society. So like, yeah, the world runs on debt. So season two is a lot of him realizing like, oh, I actually made the world way worse. Hmm. Hmm. Keith. Uh, what I am looking forward to uh, talking about for next week is that I got a Nintendo Switch. I've been playing the shit out of Zelda. Yeah. Um, so far, uh, they don't give you like a book to figure out how to play it. So they're just like, here's the world. Figure it out. Uh, which is actually really enjoyable, but also really fucking frustrating. Yeah, I mean, you could probably watch a tutorial. Uh, I, I watched a couple tutorials and then I was like, I don't want to be spoiled by this cause it's an open world game. So I'm just like, you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna watch this. Uh, I'm just gonna play this out. And although for your own for... sanity, there are some times in these games where you're going to, you're going to be trying to beat a level for hours and then yeah. you could probably just go on YouTube and be like, Oh, how did other people do this? I, I did that once. Uh, I went. Uh, w- w- I, I finally made it to a part that teaches me how to actually fight, and I've been playing for five days. Nice. 
Uh, so I've been liking that. Um, what, what, uh, what else? I'm Dana and I are thinking about rewatching like the Lion King and Aladdin. Well, I mean, it, it's, you can do it in four. Those movies are a buck 20 each. They're perfect. Yeah. I'm, I'm jazzed. I'm, almost, I'm excited. I put on the Lion King and spaced out for a little bit and legitimately missed most of the movie. Oh, like they're that quick. Like you almost forget like most movies an hour and 20 minutes. That's like halfway through. Like 40 minutes into the Lion King, they're wrapping that shit up. Hell yeah, man. Be, t- be tight. Keep it tight, baby. Yeah. Mustafa's dead within 15 minutes. Like as a kid, you don't realize that. Like it happens so quick in the movie. That's the first 10 minutes of the movie. Yeah, man. Tighten it up. Which that's why I don't want to watch the live action one because the real Lion King is an hour and 20 minutes. The live action one is two hours and two and a half hours. That means they added an hour of horse shit to it. I don't Keep need it. Tight, baby. They probably I bet you they added a lot more scenes with Timon and Pumbaa. Like they probably show him grow up more. Because in the cartoon, it's literally like during Hakuna Matata, he becomes an adult. Yeah, they had to they had to keep it tight. They had to yeah. keep it under an hour and a half. But also, now that because of Tiger King, we know that within a, a month they're fully grown lions. So, <laughs> um, I'm uh, I'm also excited to rewatch Aladdin because I think there's going to be some jokes in there that are going to still live up. Yeah. Oh, Robin um, Williams kills it. That's a great movie. Also, let it run into the return of Jafar so you could see the downgrade in quality because Lion King, uh, Aladdin, and Beauty and the Beast all got remastered. I think those are the only like three or four that got straight up remastered like in 4K. So, oh, but Return of Jafar was a direct-to-video, and they don't even have Robin Williams as the but voice that's of what the I'm genie. Saying, just watch it because it's a good example of what – it reminds you of what those movies looked like when you first got them. Like when you got the Lion King on VHS, it looked shitty. You just didn't mm. think it is shitty. So it's just a good contrast to like watch the watch Aladdin in high def 4K and then put on The Return of Jafar and be like, oh, shit looked awful in the 90s. Yeah, but I also don't think they were doing like good animation because it was a direct video. Yeah, but what I'm saying is is they could have just remastered everything. Like, it's just a, I'm not saying it makes it better or worse. I'm just saying it's a good visual of seeing how good the remastering is. Because I even went back and looked at Unmastered Aladdin. It looks awful. It looks terrible. Like, them remastering it makes it all the world's difference. Hmm. They, like, made shit a little more crisp. Crisp but, it up, baby. But just with the big ones, I think... 101 Dalmatians, Lion King, Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast are like the only four that got like remastered. Not Little Mermaid? I don't know. Cinderella too. Yeah. Dude, I re-saw uh, The Great Mouse Detective. Still a really good Disney movie. But that was like the start of them coming out of the weird 80s and coming into the 90s. And re- yeah. Dana and I saw this really great movie on like Waking Sleeping Beauty of uh, like how Disney animation was going to fold and how they re jump started themselves by being like, we're going to make a Disney animated movie every year for the next 10 years. Yeah. Um, it was, it was really great, but like the great mouse detective was like the one. And then the rescuers down under. 
I like the Rescuers of Down Under, yeah. but apparently it did awful at the box office. And then what else? Don't they have a bunch of weird 80s shit, like Escape from Witch Mountain and all that shit is on That Darn Cat, all that shit's on Disney+. Plus. That uh, Yeah, that's all the live action stuff. Yeah. The live a- I was never into the Disney I never action. was either. What's the famous one? The whatever gang? The Lemon Society gang? Apple Dumpling gang? Apple Dumpling gang, yeah. Um, uh, Flight of the Navigator is still pretty good. Yeah. Steamboat Willie, they got all that Nazi era shit on there. That prop, they got all that, all that propaganda on there, son. Um, I kind of wish Warner Brothers did something like that, like put up all their Looney Tunes stuff, put up all their WWE, World War Two propaganda shit. Oh man, I used to have VHSs of that stuff. Have you ever seen Bugs Nips the Nips? Bugs nips the nips. It's a war. I think they only showed it to soldiers. So Walt Disney made a Looney Tunes cartoon for soldiers, and it's called Bugs nips the nips. And it's him going to Japan and like feeding Japanese people ice like ice cream bars that are made of grenades and shit. Like he he call he says slant eye in it a couple times. It's wild, dude. You can find it on YouTube. All right, I'll watch it after I'm recording. It's hilarious, dude. (laughs) It's it's hilarious but offensive. Cuz cuz it is Mel Blank, dude. Like it's not a it's not like a wild thing. Like it's legit Looney Tunes. But well, like, it's also a different time. Oh, 100%. 100%. I will I will I will give the benefit of the doubt to the different times. Yeah. Um Keith. Do you want to end this podcast the way we end every single podcast? Hell yeah. On the kind of 3 1 to who a three show